Welcome to The Conscious Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Alex Raymond. This is the only podcast that is 100% dedicated to the well-being of entrepreneurs. Now, I know that being an entrepreneur is a long journey and it can be really tough. So on this show, we won't be sharing generic hero stories or talking about mythical unicorns. Instead, we'll get straight to the heart of what matters most, giving you tools and resources to grow, thrive, and succeed as an entrepreneur. Every week, I'll be speaking with incredible founders, CEOs, coaches, and authors to help you be more resilient and inspired as you build the business of your dreams. Do you ever ask yourself, why are you here on this planet? What's your purpose in life? These are critical questions for you to build more joy into your daily work in life. And on today's podcast, I talk with my friend, Patty Condon, about bringing joy to the workplace. Patty is the owner of FBC Remodel, a very successful design-build company. They've got offices in Denver, Minneapolis, and Chicago. Patty is also the creator of The Joy Formula, and he's made it his mission to bring more love into the workplace. Now, this isn't all touchy-feely, and in our conversation, Patty reveals how wellness fuels success and how finding your tribe can take your results to the next level. I hope you enjoy this episode of the Conscious Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, Patty Condon, welcome to the Conscious Entrepreneur. It's great to see you. Alex, it's so good to be uh, be with you here, and and I've so enjoyed being a part of your 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 Conscious Entrepreneur summits, and uh, just great to uh, to to be here and talking more about joy. Awesome, thank you. Yeah, the. Uh, you were one of the speakers at the inaugural Conscious Entrepreneur Summit back in 2022 in Denver, and your talk is really what I want to get into today. Your your topic was the joy formula, and this is something that's kind of counterintuitive. Not a lot of people think of the role of joy in work no. and, and joy in, in what they're doing uh, on a day-to-day basis. Tell us about how you came up with the joy formula and what it means to you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let me just, I think probably the first part to, spot to start is what is it, right? And so the joy formula is truly a formula. It is joy equals success plus well-being to the power of purpose, okay? Joy equals success plus well-being to the power of purpose. And uh, in the the, the context of FBC Remodel, how we use it at, at, at our business, uh, we use it very much as a guiding tool for everybody in the company. It's a structure. It's a framework. And the success side of the, the formula is all of our business metrics. You know, it's, it's our, you know, what, what's your number one? What are your goals? That type of thing. The well-being side is uh, based on the seven Fs, and we can get into that uh but it's not too important. It's just, it's a tracking mechanism for your well-being. And so it's really just checking in and saying, hey, how is this area of my well-being doing? And so whether it's, you know, family and friends or fitness or, you know, what different areas of well-being. And then that's all surrounded by purpose. And it's to the power of purpose within the formula. And the purpose really comes into play, not only what the company purpose is, but what each individual person on their team, what's, 
why are you here on this planet? And what we have found is that when people are aligned with their purpose and they have success and well-being, then you uh, you have a whole team of people who are really maximizing their joy and they show up just in such an incredible uh, in incredible way because they're they're lit up, they're passionate about what they're doing, they're passionate about life, and uh, and furthermore, they feel really well supported in you know in their life and and at the company and being at a company that really looks at them and says, hey, you're not a you're not just a project manager or a designer. You're not just an employee. You're a human being. And we are going to treat you and work with you as a human being, not just, not just, you know, in a skill set that's going to further the bottom line. We're going to work with you in all areas of your life to maximize uh, your potential. That's pretty radical. So, yeah. you know, just saying to people, you're not a project manager, you're not a, you know, finance person or recruiter or whatever it is, we're going to work with you as a whole human. You know, first of all, that's something that new that a lot of people don't hear. They don't hear that from their manager. They don't hear that from their CEO. And well, and, uh, and, and Alex, in, in fact, it's, it's frowned upon. It's like, Hey, listen, we're going to keep the, the work and the private separate, right? We're going to keep that separate separate. I don't want to hear about what's going on in, in your life because all I'm concerned about is what you're doing that the eight, nine, 10, 15 hours that you're working here. Right. And so it's frowned upon. So, yeah, so I'm sorry. Go ahead. Cause I, I think you're, I think you're spot on. I don't think anybody really talks about people it. People don't, people don't talk like that. They, uh, you know, there is this division between my work self and my, my other self. And sometimes my other self is the one that's more fun and interesting and gaining, you know, whatever it is. So I've got this, you know, I'm, I'm in a box when I'm in at my job, I'm in a box. And one of the questions that I've heard you ask before is what do people want when they show up looking for a job? Right. What are they right. needing when they show up looking for a job? And this is a really interesting question because it goes back to this whole human thing. So how does that relate? How do you put the joy formula to work when you're hiring, for example, or when you're trying to figure out if someone would be a good team member at the company? Well, and I, I think it's so I think the piece of like what people think they want. Right. Well, I want to I want a high salary. I want, and, and, and I'm not saying any of this stuff is bad. I want to make sure that, you know, the health benefits are there. And I want to see the culture, right? And and when they think about culture, they want to do a walkthrough and they want to see a ping pong table, and uh, you know maybe a kegerator uh, at the for at the end of the day. And I think what people actually need, right? People need a team, a community, a tribe that supports them in who they are and helping them be their best self. And that's really rare. And uh, when, when, when we're hiring people, um, we, we make it very clear up front who we are and that we're not for everybody because there's, there's, there's a lot of people that would just as soon keep, Hey, I want to keep my work self and my private self and separate them out. I want to clock out and I want to go home and I want to do, do my stuff there. And that's none of your business. Well, it's none of our business because I think business has made it that way. But I think what people need is they, they really need a community of, of folks that are there for them and are willing to mirror back and say, hey, you know, what if you looked at this in your life? Mm -hmm. you know, what if you what if you uh, what what if what what if you were able to 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 come into a group, come onto a team 
and actually have the level of vulnerability to say, hey, I need help in this area of my life. And, and what we find is that, you know, we're, we're, this isn't about therapy sessions and that, I mean, that's not what this is about. This is about just being supportive of people holistically. And really, we're, we're very much a, a carry your own bag uh, culture, very, very much carry your own bag company. We're not, we're not there holding anybody's hand through this. But what we do is we give the framework and we say, if you want to work on these things, then we can provide the framework that could have you, that can really help you have breakthroughs. And so what's it been like to, to implement this? Because, you know, I can imagine that probably when you were rolling this out, there's some people who are excited to do this. There's some yeah. people who are maybe a little bit trepidatious or uncertain if this is something they want to sign up for. Um, tell us about how you went through the process of bringing this to life within your company, FBC yeah. Remodel. Yeah. So, so, uh, so I have, we have three offices. We're in Denver, Minneapolis, and Chicago. And, um, and we, uh, when we first rolled this out about five years ago, I think it's been six years ago. Um, overall, everybody's kind of looking at you through the side of their, you know, side eye, like, really? Let's see about this, right? And and everybody has this fear that it's going to be used against them or, or it's going to be some sort of a tool to you know, to gain efficiency or to, I don't know, just there's, there's not maybe a lot it's just, of trust. Maybe it's just Patty's flavor of the month and you'll forget about it soon enough. Oh and my then God, move on isn't to that the, next the truth, right? Like I'm an entrepreneur. I, I, I come up with, you know, an idea a minute, um, completely, <laughs> completely. And, uh, that is, that's more true than I like to, uh, to even admit. And, uh, so the, the, the rollout of this, um, and, 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 and we have this thing structured so that once a month we're reviewing this, uh, the scorecard. And then, you know, initially when we first rolled it out, right? Um, I was really clear that it would, you know, most of our time with, with our team would be spent on the success side. And then we would touch on the well being side and just see how that goes. But man, an amazing thing happened. Like after about six months, the reports that I'm getting is that it's just absolutely flipped where, you know, 30%, 45% of the time is being spent on the well-being side. And then the, the balance of the time is on the success side. And that's being driven by the individual, being driven by the employee, the, uh, the team member, because that's what they really care about. So right? this is in like, that's what, you're where talking the, about doing this in one-on-ones or, or team yeah, meetings? Yeah, these are or, one-on-ones. We do a okay. monthly one-on-one. And, and so, and, but, but check this out as a business, you say, well, God, you're putting all this energy onto the well-being side. Well, the well-being is what, what fuels the success side. And so what we were finding is before we had the joy formula, we would have an issue. We'd have an issue on the success side, right? On their business metrics, something was going on. It inevitably turned out that there was something going on on the well-being side that was impacting that. Okay. It could have been, yeah. you know, their morning yeah. routine. What, you know, what, what's, what's the morning routine? Or it could be, you know, that they were having, you know, some sort of a, an issue in their family. You know, it's a really big one, which, which everybody knows, what's that? but without the support there is working out, you know, like, yeah. like everyone, you know, they're like, yeah, well, I haven't been working out. I want to work out. 
And, and when people are working out or date nights, having a date night with their, their spouse, like these are simple things that when you catch them in this, in a structured format, where just once a month, you're looking at this thing and you're saying, Hey, how can I move my well-being forward? Then it actually becomes the driver of what creates success on the success side of the formula for the company. And so it's, it's, it's turned out to be something that, you know, by doing good, right? I, I think this is doing good, right? By helping people, it ends up really fueling uh, the success of the organization. Now, how did you train your line managers to have these conversations? If they're doing one-on-one monthly scorecard meetings, how did you say, hey, let's tap into the seven Fs. Let's really talk about well-being. So it's the training isn't, like I said, we're not, we're not showing up in a therapy session. We're asking the question, okay, you scored yourself in, on the well-being side and you scored yourself a five on family, let's say, right? And so on that, on the, on, on that score, then we simply ask, so what would it look like to be a 10? What would it look like to be a 10? And, and sometimes it's, uh, it's like you'll, you'll have some people that are like, well, we'll say, gosh, I've, I have been working six days a week. And it's like, all right, well, what would it look like to not take work home? And then so you have, so you end up having a conversation that very much is on the success side. And, and, and Alex, it never, like in those types of conversations, it never actually is that there's, that there's too much work. I mean, yes, there's too much work, but it's, it's always in, wait, how, how are you handling this? What's your relationship? You know, I, you know, to, and, and then you have this breakthrough conversation around, you know, how to, um, you know, how, how, how to have like either leverage in your, in your, you know, work discipline or time blocking or some other, you know, tools that we can, we can bring to that person. Um, that, that ends up having that breakthrough. Or if it's, you know, if it's, uh, fitness, let's say, well, then it's like, all right, well, what would it look like to be a 10? And they say, all right, well, I want to work out, you know, three times a week. All right. Well, what kind of accountability would you like around that? So we're simply asking questions. They are driving again. This is a carry your own bags company. You know, like they are going to drive that conversation. And we're simply asking the question. So. You don't need a tremendous amount of training, although we have the training, like we have to, you know, we, we, we prepare our, our, our managers, but, um, but it's, it really is the individual who is really leading the conversation. And that's cool. That sounds amazing. And if it sounds like you're like, you, you phrased it as we're a carry our own bags kind of company. So presumably you do this too. And my question is, how do you? Do your personal readouts and what areas do you find yourself struggling with? Or what are the areas that you're always like, oh, I wish I could get, I, I wish I could be a 10 in such and such an area on your well-being. All right. So um, I will be the first like testimonial <laughs> to the fact that when my well-being is nailed, I am a hundred percent more effective at work. Okay, so I have a I have a practice and I have an accountability around this. And but I have a practice that I call my mirror practice. And so on my mirror, I have all of the habits that I track on a daily basis. Um, 
I, I remember a, a mentor of mine, Jack Daly, once said that, uh, you, you know, you, you get what you measure. And so on my mirror, and I use the mirror because uh, there's a little bit of come to Jesus when you wake up in the morning and you look at the mirror and it's reflecting back at you. And it's really saying in, in so many different ways who you are, right? And so, you know, some of my mirror habits that I track are, you know, my, uh, you know, how my diet, what am I eating, my workout, uh, forward and forward for me is reading every day. So I read at least 10 minutes every day. Um, uh, I have, uh, I often have a, uh, a no, um, uh, scrolling through, you know, my phone, right? No, like, do, so I'll no have that scrolling. As a, yeah, no, no surfing uh, is another one. Um, and so these are some of the habits that I track. And then I have an accountability group that I'm regularly checking in with on a weekly basis that we all get on a call and we just, you know, we, we, we say what's so. Wow. Cool. Uh, yeah. That's, that's great. I mean, Look, people want want to know that their leader is doing this too. And so you being the champion and all you also having your own discipline around it really does yeah. really does matter for people. Um you share you've shared a story before uh, that I've heard. I think you shared this on stage at the Conscious Entrepreneur Summit last year that you know, when you first rolled out this joy formula within the company, maybe it didn't land quite right. I think the way it was referred to is, you know, people felt like, Hey, are we, are we just chess pieces on your board here? Mm. Like, or do you, or yeah. do you really believe this is your heart really in it? Um, and that's, I think this is an instructive question for a lot of people who are trying to implement this or other types of change inside their company. What was your process to truly embody this? And how did you get out of your head into your heart? How did you really decide, you know what, I'm going for this. So Alex, you got to like, this is something that over the years, you know, I'm uh, in my fifties now when I was in my twenties and starting the business, it was all about me. And I, I'm like, it really was, it was about me and it was about um, my ego. And I wanted to, to build a national company and uh, you know, and I had childhood shit that I needed to, you know, <laughs> to, to kind of write in my mind, right. I was going to prove, prove, you know, prove myself. And, and, um, and there's, there was just a number of different like moments that I can look back on that created this evolution kind of clicking away from, you know, this, this need to just prove myself, my ego base, based, uh, drive toward, Really, and this kind of this kind of goes into this idea of what is consciousness. What is you know what is it to be a conscious entrepreneur? And I and it was not an overnight deal. Like it was something that took me yeah, years yeah. and years of struggle. And and the struggle would just be like I would do something, I would react because I was so attached to creating this idea of what this business that I wanted. Mm -hmm. That I would steamroll people or I would, I would just, I would just, I, w I would, I would use people as chess pieces on a, on a board. And, um, and, and I had this moment and I, I just re remember this so distinctly. I was out, I've been involved with, uh, you know, entrepreneurs organization and, and YPO young presidents organizations with, uh, which have both been hugely impactful because they put me in front of these people. And the first person that I, I 
I really was impacted by was a guy by the name of Garrett Boone. And, and he, um, he uh, founded the container store and they've, they've always had really great, um, you know, best places to work for really great right. reputation yeah, for how they, uh, how they treat their people. And I remember Garrett, I asked him a question. I said, Garrett, what are you going to do? Like you're, you know, you're probably what, you know, in your sixties or seventies and, and what, what are you going to do when you retire? And he goes, retire. And he just kind of had this funny look on his face. He said, how could I possibly do more good than what I'm doing right now? You know, right now I am uh, creating an incredible work environment for, you know, I think at the time they had 2,500 employees, not to mention all of the different, um, you know, partners that they had, the suppliers. And, 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 and that really st- struck me as like, wow, what, what if business, what if business was the, you know, the tool? What if business was the avenue for doing good? Um, because if you take a look at, you know, if you take a look at where we are today, and gosh, I don't even want, we won't even go there, right? But like, there's a lot of, of division in the country, in the world. And, uh, and if you take a look at the kind of the traditional, uh, institutions like school, church, um, government, right? They're, they're all kind of messed up. Like they're not, they're not really capable of change. But business, business is very capable of change. Like, you know, like nothing, nothing will create change faster than a profitable business because everyone will look at that and say, well, how do I get there? And, uh, and so, you know, I remember Garrett and, and just thinking, oh man, maybe, maybe there's something to this. Maybe there's, there's really like a way of doing greater impact through business. Um, and that was kind of stage one. And then a handful of years later, I, I met this beautiful human being, uh, brother David and, and brother David is like, I don't know if you're familiar with brother David, uh, you might be. You're talking about David Steiner Rust. Yeah, exactly. Steiner Rust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he's this, you know, like 90 pound soaking wet, you know, human being. He's like, he's, he's just, but he's the most powerful force of nature. And he's, he's developed this whole um, philosophy of, of, of gratitude. And what I realized when I met brother David and was, was that I had been chasing happiness and I had been chasing event driven, you know, happiness where, well, when this happens, I'm going to be happy. And when this happens, I'm going to be happy. And, uh, and, and he said, no, 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 no. Because when you chase happiness, you're, you're always going to be disappointed. You know, you're always going to be disappointed because it never really works out how you think it's going to, or that event goes away, or that event doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, uh, this, but, uh, this uh, is, is a concept, you know, it occurs to me, you'll, you'll remember from, from the Conscious Entrepreneur Summit, Sri Kumar Rao, one of the speakers last year, he calls this if-then thinking. So I'm locked yeah. in this model that says, if this happens, if I get what I want, then I will have, I'll be happy. Then I'll be, you know, I'll feel good or whatever. And so we get stuck in this if-then model and brother David just turned that totally upside down on you, right? Oh, completely, completely. Because in, I mean, and this goes again to this idea of consciousness of when, when we can sit still for a moment and have gratitude, 
for everything. Just have gratitude for everything. You know, the, the running water that we have in, in, you know, when we wake up in the morning, we can brush our teeth with clean running water or, you know, the sky outside or, or so, so gratitude really became like this access point to consciousness. And, uh, and so, and, and here is, here's how my definition, I think, of this idea of like consciousness and, and, and how do you, how do you run a conscious business? And, but it's, it's really moving from the ego based, you know, uh, drive toward what, what's a really a community based, um, approach. And ironically, what I have found is that all of the things that I was trying to do when I had this ego based drive, um, but was kind of falling short on every, at every step of the way, as I've really embraced consciousness and, 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 and uh, this community based approach, um, all of the things that I had wanted have, have really come true. Um, what, what you are describing is such a dichotomy. It's such a challenge for so many entrepreneurs because we start with creativity and ideas and force and we're out there breaking through walls and pushing rocks up a hill and doing all the things, all the like manic activity that entrepreneurship is, is famous for. And yeah. at the same time, we'll get so much farther when we let go of some of that control, when we loosen our grip, when we get our egos out of the way. And it sounds like that was the critical, that was the key for you. It was absolutely the key. And I, I remember the moment that the joy formula came about, you're going to love this. I, I think you'll remember some of the story, but we're, we are, we were in a, uh, an offsite and our sales and design leader uh, we were talking about our, our numbers for the next year. We were creating our annual plan. And our sales and des design leader had a really kind of weird face going on. And she wasn't, I could, I could tell that she wasn't liking what we were talking about because we were talking about next year's numbers. I think we wanted to go from, I don't know, 15 to 18 million in sales or something like that. And, <clears throat> and she, she just shook her head and I go, Lindsay, what's going on? She's like, well, I just don't want to go back to the team. And say, yeah, great work. Now we want you to do more. You know, I, I want to be able to bring more joy to the team, more joy to our clients. And so, Alex, I'm standing there and I, I, I really do feel like I had like the, the, you know, the image of like the devil and the angel on my shoulders, right? Mm -hmm. Because on the one side, you know, I've got the devil saying, this is your sales manager. <laughs> like she's like arguing about, you know, numbers like, and then I've got over here, I got the angel. I got Lindsay saying, no, 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 no. Just take care of your people, take care of your people and it'll all work out. And so I, I, I turn around and I, I remember doing this internet search for joy. And I see this definition of, you know, joy equals success plus well-being. And, uh, and it was a couple of years later that we added the purpose piece of it, which was like an absolute must. Like, you've got to do that because, you know, uh, I think Stephen Covey was the one to say, like, you know, you could be climbing the ladder of success and only to find it on the wrong wall. Right. And so the purpose pieces of it is critical. But um, but in that moment, I, I really had this feeling of saying, 
uh, and, and you were saying earlier that I've, you know, I've got all of these different ideas and I'm, I'm prone to get, getting distracted. And so I told the team, listen, we'll try this for a year, right? This joy formula idea. And, um, but in my heart of hearts, man, I was throwing my hat over the fence. I knew, I knew that we were going to do this. I knew that this was the right way. Um, and I just kind of flicked the devil off my shoulder and I, I, I really, I, I went all in on it. I, there was a part of me that had a little bit of fear thinking like, well, shoot, I could lose the company over this. Like, what if this doesn't produce results? Um, and I just said, screw it. I, I, I really did. Like, I, I remember walking through my neighborhood and, and I lived in this beautiful neighborhood with this big house. And I'm thinking, well, I could lose all of this. I'm like, you know, that's okay. If, if that's, I think this is, I think this is worth it. And so we just went all in on it. We went all, I mean, frankly, we, we, we went all in on love, you know? And I mean, we went, you went all in on love is a, is a really great way to encapsulate what you're talking about here. Uh, I want to pull on the thread of purpose a little bit. So you've got the definition that it, joy is success plus well-being to the power of purpose. Yeah. How do I find my purpose if I don't, have that clearly defined yet? What are the things that uh, can help me to find the right direction there? Oh gosh, we've got this great exercise, and uh, and if anybody who's listening wants the exercise, we'll send. I'm happy to share it. Um, and in fact, any of our joy formula stuff, like we're, we're like you know an open book, like we want to spread this. So, um, but uh, uh, we 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 use this combination. We 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 took we borrowed from like five different areas and Brene Brown's really great at this. She's got a great purpose exercise. And we created this uh, exercise that takes about hour, hour and a half to go through. And Alex, when you do it the first time, you're not going to get your purpose, right? Mm -hmm. It's okay. You know, it's, it's like a jacket that you're trying on and it maybe doesn't fit quite right. And so we always tell people, write your purpose, write your purpose in pencil. It just, what you want to do is you want to try it on and you want to live with it for some period of time. And we do the exercise annually at the company and and be willing to like let it go and, and see what else comes up. Right. But ultimately, you end up with a very succinct purpose that will really stay with you for that season of your life. And then and then we do see people change it over time. Um, but it's, it's not an easy thing to land on. I got to say that. And, and, and the analytics are, you know, like high analytic people, um, really have, a, have a time with it because, you know, that high analytic often goes along with perfectionism and they want to get it just right. And, uh, and it takes some time to do that. And so we, we, we just encourage people to, the most important thing with a purpose is to really come up with it, write it down. And then live with it for a while. And then you actually see it in action and you see how, how does it, how does it fit? How does it fit with, uh, with, with what you, you know, what's really important to you? Well, I think really important for, for you to, the, to, sh to have shared here is the idea that it's going to evolve and change over time. And so it's not like I'm chiseling it in stone and the first draft has to be perfect. So the idea is this is an uncovering process. This is about learning about myself. And so, kind of layers of an onion. So I'm going the first level deep. Okay. I try that out. Does this feel right? Do I need to refine it? Okay. Then what? 
And how am I changing and evolving my purpose as I change and evolve as a person? So that's really meaningful. And just come back to refresh it on an annual basis, then make sure it's current for me. Make sure it's still true in this year versus last year, right? Yeah, completely. Yeah, completely. Yeah. 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 Wow. Well, I can see how that's a really important part of it because if I'm, you know, committed to well being and I'm doing all the tasks. So I do this sometimes. Like I get stuck in this loop where I do all the right things. I eat well and I sleep eight hours a night and I go to the gym and I do this and I do that. But if I don't do it with the right direction, if I don't do it with a with like in sense of inspiration, it's like, why bother? And so then yeah. linking this back to say, here's the bigger purpose. And I'm doing all this in support of a purpose and really the purpose even amplifies it. I can definitely see how that is super, super helpful for people. It, um, it's a, it's a game changer. And, and Alex, I think you and I could sit here and, and, and we, we would have a complete agreement that spending time on, on your purpose and then spending time on your personal goals, which is part of our, you know, what we do. Um, you know, your career goals, your personal goals, and then doing that on a regular basis and then checking in on it on a regular basis is, is really a, a great uh, blueprint for a meaningful life. Like that, like that's a, yeah. like that has been, that's tried and true. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it, it, there's, there's very little argument about like, Hey, how, how do you create a, significant and meaningful life. Well, here is a structure that's really tried and true. Yeah. Um, but but where are people getting that? Where do people get support for that? And and why not give them support in in our business? Because we're already we've got, I mean, I've got a captive audience. I've got these people. They have to show up. <laughs> like that's part of the agreement, right? And so when they show up and I'm able to help support them in their goals and their, you know, everybody in the company has their 10 year vision, you know, on the wall and seeing people pull that board down and say, Hey, I'm going to have to update now this now because we bought the house. I have a family, you know, I mean, it's just incredible to be a part of that journey. Uh, instead of just looking at people like, well, you're my, you know, you're my employee, just do your work and, um, it, it's so much more fulfilling and people need it. And that's what I was saying earlier. People don't, don't come to looking for a job saying, well, I want this kind of stuff. And nobody's saying that. Nobody's, nobody has that on their list of criteria, but in reality, they need it. And, um, mm-hmm. and what we have found is like, not only does it create this amazing culture of support and teamwork and a growth mindset because people are always getting better. Um, but, but it, 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 it really just, it, it creates, um, you know, people that are willing to change, to grow, to develop. Um, yeah, it's, it, and, and for me as the owner of the business, like, I mean, my business has so much more meaning than it did when I was just trying to drive and push and, and, and make the numbers and, um, you know, prove myself. What a cool, what a cool story. Uh, and I think it's so inspiring to see this, this happening. And you, you, I know have become a leader in this whole concept in this, in this whole idea. I want to, uh, I want to pivot a little bit. You mentioned earlier how important it is to have a tribe, how it is to find your people, your support network. 
And I know that for you as an entrepreneur, you've tapped into some of the support groups for entrepreneurs, uh, places like EO, the Entrepreneur Organization, or YPO, Young Presidents Organization. Tell me what it's been like to work with those groups and build relationships and get support and kind of engage with those communities. Yeah, they're both just fantastic groups. Um, you know, EO was for, uh, you know, was in kind of the phase of, of my life when we were we were a young company and we were smaller. And then YPO has just been great, um, you know, as we've we've grown and things have become more complex with our different offices and so forth. Um, and and uh, the the single biggest thing that that both groups are built around is something called the forum. And the forum is a subgroup of, you know, anywhere from, you know, six to eight other business owners, um, other CEOs in a completely confidential uh, setting. And we, we meet once a month. And at first, you know, it's, it's, it's like what we talked about with the evolution of like, it's all business, it's all numbers. And it's, it's kind of a lot of, a lot of bravado. Cause you're, you know, but then when you, when you strip away and, you, and somebody starts to become vulnerable and somebody starts to let the ego slide away a little bit and we become again, human beings. Right. And then like you peel this thing away and the support net mechanism that, that becomes available, uh, is, is really, I can't imagine how folks live life without having a tribe, you know, having this group that they can tell anything to and that they know. And when I say anything, I tell my forum stuff that I, I might not even share with my wife. Um, and so, like, this is stuff that it's the 1% of 1% that, that people don't talk about. You know, that people end up killing themselves because they don't have an outlet, you know, yeah. like, and it's, I get goosebumps when I think about it. You know, the, the, the reason I think this is so important to talk about is sometimes I talk to CEOs or entrepreneurs and they, they, they don't get it right. Like they don't understand why they might need to join a group like EO or YPO or there's, and I'm just using those two, but there's lots of other similar types of similar types of groups or even for that matter why they should come and hang out at the conscious entrepreneur summit right they don't they don't get it but i think the tribe and community part is is so important and recognizing that i'm not alone recognizing that oh there's a lot of other people in this same boat with me a lot of people gone are on the same journey with me and giving oneself permission to show up and to be be vulnerable and to admit that i don't know what i'm doing you know, and, and then learn, then, re, then you realize, oh, nobody else does either. <laughs> so I'm in the right place, you know, kind of thing. That's where I have found so much value in those. And I've, um, you know, I just, I find it really interesting to hear the success stories and they almost always come down to people being open and vulnerable and sharing stuff that you wouldn't expect them to be sharing. You know, uh, uh I don't know why this just came to me, but this, this, I have the story of when I was early in a forum group and I had uh, one of the forum guys had joined about six months earlier and I had been in this group for about three or four years. And <clears throat> at the end of the meeting, he was like, man, this has been a great meeting. Um, 
I love you guys, you know, and you're my brothers, right? And in, in my head, I'm thinking, this guy has been here for like six months. He's the newest member of the group. And he's calling me his brother. I don't even know him. And he's telling me he loves me. Who is it? And, and I almost quit the group. I was like, I'm out of here. Like, this is, this is not serving my purposes. And, and you're smiling right now, Alex, because you know. I can I imagine, yeah. Um, so so you've got this torrent of judgments that are coming out of your brain, right? And they're, un, they're unconscious, and then they briefly surface, and then you're like, this is the truth. <laughs> and so, like, what ends up happening is I realize, oh, wait, it's me. <laughs> you know? I couldn't tell another person that I loved him. I couldn't tell this dude that I loved him. What would that mean? You know, how would that, I mean, that's, I mean, that was like the first step. I mean, that, that's how lack, that's the lack of vulnerability that I had. I couldn't tell a guy that I loved him. And, uh, and then for him to call us brothers, I'm like, I'm not your brother. We're here. This is a business group. What are you doing? And it just completely upended my view of, of what a tribe could look like. I mean, I, I wasn't in a tribe. I didn't want a tribe. And now all of a sudden, I have this possibility of having brothers, of having people, you know, in this case, there a lot of, a lot of our groups have women in them too. So I don't want to, but in this case, it, we were all guys in this one in my current forum. I've, we have uh, women as well. But, um, but in this conversation, it was, it was really like, man, I could I love this group? Could I be like that open and vulnerable in order, you know, to actually love these guys? And it, it, it changed everything. It changed everything. It changed my participation. It changed the trajectory of my life. It was probably like another, like one of those moments that we talked about, like, you know, Garrett Boone at the container store hearing him and, and brother David. And, and now, you know, here's this moment of, of, of opening up to the possibility of love, you know, opening up to, to really, to loving, uh, uh, and being part of a tribe. Um, yeah, it's all part of that journey. That's a big, that's a really big shift. And I can imagine just like I would have, uh, several years ago had a similar reaction. Like, wait, what? Like, I barely know you. You're saying these things. I'm not your brother. I don't love you. <laughs> like, you know, I can see where that is all coming from because we're, that's how we're taught, right? We're not taught to, to, to be that way. We're not taught to talk like that. We're not taught to be open uh, like that. And I've heard you, uh, Patty, before talk about, you know, at any point we're either coming from a place of fear or we're coming from a place of love. And yeah. it sounds like that was one of those big shift points for you. And, you know, the reason I bring up fear and love is so many entrepreneurs, so many people I talk to have this like, dread of failing dread of not being useful dread of being unworthy fear of you know like a million different fears and when we can make that mental shift from fear to love we can make the the shift in our energy and how we show up and who we are uh, it really has a tremendous number of positive impacts uh, out there and so i'd like to know what it was like for you to make that shift and what made you recognize that this was a critical area for you. Oh my gosh. 
like I said, I, I, it, it was not a switch at all. Like it, it, it took a long, a long, long time. I mean, I had some, I don't know, deep scars or baggage, whatever you want to call it. We all do. Right. And, um, and at the time, and I don't know how you break through because when, when I, when I was coming from that ego and coming from a space of fear, um, needing to prove myself, I would have heard this kind of a conversation and I would have been like, well, that's just a bunch of, you know, hippies and unicorns and, you know, I'm, I'm hard charging. I'm, you know, yep, and, yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> you know, a bunch of, bunch of boulder talk, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I, I don't know that you can, I think you just have to continually be exposed to it. But here's the other thing. I kept on meeting people that I'd look at them. I'm like, man, they're so happy. They're always smiling. Life seems so easy. And inevitably, these are the folks that are coming from a place of love. They've figured it out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's the, you know, it's, it, it really is like, they're not carrying the world's burden upon them because they believe they believe that everything, you know, works out and everything is, is here for a reason. And everything that's given to us is a gift. Brother David always says that like everything, all the bad stuff, it's all a gift. And, uh, um, and that's the, you know, when, when, we embrace that when we embrace that life is a gift, everything that's given to us is a gift Man, life is so easy and it flows. There's a, uh, have you ever heard the, there's this, I don't know who wrote it, but it's this idea of the, you know, there's simplicity on one side of complexity and then there's simplicity on the other side of complexity. No, and I don't the know saying that goes something, something like this. I wouldn't give a fig for simplicity on this side of complexity, but I'd give my life for simplicity on the other side of complexity, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and Alex, this feels like that, that, that switch from living from a space of fear and living from a space of love. It feels to me like that journey through the complexity to get to the simplicity on the other side. Nice. Nice. Thank you. Uh, I like that. I like that phrasing. Now, Patty, as we get ready to wrap up here, I'm curious, I've got some questions for you and would love to dive a little bit deeper into some of them. Your, you mentioned, you mentioned a bit about how you think of consciousness and you were obviously part of the very first conscious entrepreneur summit. What's your definition of a conscious entrepreneur today? Hmm. I really, I really believe that it's what we were just talking about. It's, it's really moving from fear to love. You know, it's that it's, it's because consciousness is an awakening. And there's a book. Um, I think it's called Buddhism is true. I, I could look up the author for you, but it's, uh, it really holds that. And it gives some great examples and, and a lot of history 
on how we're wired as human beings. You know, and we're we're wired from the savanna to have fear. And that fear has kept us alive. And so we are wired to be like this. And it's only through intentional work that we become conscious. And that journey from fear to love, from running business in an unconscious state of fear to a conscious state of love, I believe is what conscious entrepreneurialism is all about. Awesome. I always think of it as, as the commitment is the, is the piece there, right? So, so like you were saying, like making the commitment to change, making the commitment to be different. Now, the book you were just talking about, is that Why Buddhism is True by Robert Wright? Yes, that is. Okay, got it. Yep. We found him. All right, yep. fantastic. Uh, well, good. Well, so that kind of leads on to the next question, which is what are the tools or resources or books or videos or courses that you rely on or the things that you most recommend to others? Besides, obviously, this one, Why Buddhism is True. Um. So YPO, EO, you know, in the world of business, it's just so, I mean, it's a, um, <laughs> I, I, I think I'm thinking of this one person right now that I've been like, dude, you got to join EO. He's got a smaller business and he keeps resisting it and keeps resisting it. And, and the, what, what happens, the troubles that get manifested by going on this journey by yourself, it's just so evident. And when, when we open up and we're, we're willing to say, hey, brothers, sisters, I need your help, magic happens. So these types of organizations um, and then that intent to learn. So going to, you know, uh, the Conscious Entrepreneur Summit, uh, these types of summits and these types of um, organizations that bring people together of like minded is just critical because it's a battle out there. And mostly you're going to be confronted with and pounded down with this, you know, from a, a space of fear and a space of like, Hey, you know, I'm going to grab your attention with the meatiest headline. That's going to put you into a state of fear. And uh, so these groups are critical. Um, when is your next summit? I mean, we should talk about that because you have, you bring together such amazing people. Um, uh, yes, what's, the, thank what's you. on the calendar? So, so we've got, we've got such great feedback from, from year one and from year two, we're now doing some smaller format events. So, uh, in November, 2023, we're doing a half day workshop with Gay Hendricks, the, the guy who came up with the zone of genius. So we're doing a zone of genius workshop with him. We're going to start doing some smaller stuff and the next big summit, the next flagship will be in Boulder in June of 2024. Yeah, awesome. so we'll sign, just start. Sign we're just me up because I, I think process. it's it's uh, it's it's been it's been really beneficial for me to be a part of that, and I really appreciate that. And, um, and then awesome. yeah, you, know, you mentioned you know what uh, what books you know have I I I don't know I, I think you're I think the most important thing is to always be reading, like always be reading, and I am I am always reading. It's one of my daily habits, and I'm always um, I'm because you're. You can't fight the forces that are being um, thrown at you every day. 
You got all sorts of, of issues and problems. You have to be able to rejuvenate on some really positive messaging and some new ideas. And, and so, um, you know, I, I, everything from, uh, gosh, there was a book. I don't know if you ever ran into it. it it's on, uh, it's, I, I, I read it, uh, every, there's a couple of books that I read at the begin, beginning of the year, every year. One is the power of habit, just like, mm. you know, such a great book. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is of all things, this, this book written about, uh, CrossFit folks. Um, okay. have you ever run across that? No. Um, what is it? It's like extreme, uh, it's, it's something extreme. Uh, Maybe I, it is one of the best reads on an annual basis because it's just badass and it has some of the best leadership lessons that you'll run across in it. And it's, it's all about, um, you know, taking these, these, uh, CrossFit athletes to the peak of their profession. And, uh, it's, it's a really great read as well. It's one of my favorites. Tell us about your daily habits. You mentioned reading, you mentioned you've got the mirror. The uh, way you wake up yeah. in the morning, you've got sticky notes on the mirror. What else? What else do you do to set yourself up for success? Uh, I've got to meditate. I mean, it's it is a huge piece of my, uh, mm. you know, huge piece of my 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 habits. And so, you know, I, I get up early, and one of my very first things is to go down with a cup of coffee in front of the fireplace, and I meditate for fifteen minutes. I, I pick. Uh, I normally would go to like Ram Das or something like that for a guided meditation. Okay. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm skilled enough to have the discipline to really keep it going <laughs> uh, by myself, but it's just 15 minutes. I know that, you know, some people do longer, but I find that 15 minutes a day really kind of um, sets me up and it's a practice, but what the practice allows me to do is it allows me to get centered and to practice being centered so that when I have, during the course of my day, when I have an issue come up and I have an emotional reaction to it, I can separate myself from that emotion and have a moment and go, hey, what's going on here? And meditation has been the most powerful tool that I've found to be able to address that. Now, I'm not perfect. I still can get triggered and, and you know, but I'm, I'm 50 times better than what I was um, premeditation. Wow. What a, what a testimonial. And I got to say that it's one of my go-to tools as well. And you know, if I don't meditate for one, two, three days, everybody starts to notice, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, and, and, yeah, and Alex, I would also it. guess like you're, you're working out every day. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. that's a, a more simple, that that's like yep. just part of my routine to such an extent. I don't have to worry about it too much, but if I don't get my workout in, um, I'm no good. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, Hey, look, you know, Patty, if, if I had to define, or if I had to open the dictionary and look at a definition of a conscious entrepreneur, I'd probably see your picture in there. And, you know, you are someone who is coming to this, uh, with heart, with generosity, with love, with purpose. And at the same time, you have built a really successful, impactful business that is transforming people's lives and their families' lives because of the work that you're doing. And I just want to say huge props to you for creating this, for this gift that you were giving to the world. And it's been such an honor and a joy to have you here on The Conscious Entrepreneur. Thanks so much for joining the podcast. Alex, I so appreciated the invite and all the work that you're doing. And 
what a great conversation we had today. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Conscious Entrepreneur. If you're ready to go deeper into working on yourself, check out the upcoming events, articles, and resources on our website, which is ConsciousEntrepreneur.us. I'd also really like to thank the team at Hivecast for producing this episode. If you run a podcast and are looking for an awesome, full-service production company, make sure to check out Hivecast.